0: FM to get started.
1: What would a joint pay-per-view between WWE and WCW look like in 1995? We're exploring that and more. You listen to them. Now hang out with us. This is After 83 Weeks with Christy Olsen. That's me. I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Boom! Hello,
2: 83
1: Weeks fans, and welcome to the show that is just for you. You listen to the latest Ask Eric Anything episode of 83 Weeks, and now we are going to chat a little bit about it. Thank you so much for coming to hang out with us tonight. Joining me is the producer of Eric's digital channel and the digital channels of most of <laughs> your favorite wrestling veterans. It's Steve Kaufman.
0: Hello. I was doing my uh, my Teddy Long. This, this part of the, the song makes me want to just holla holla.
1: It's taken like six months or something like that, but these guys are finally, dancing along at the beginning of the show. More like a year, actually. It
0: (laughs) has been a year for the show.
1: (laughs) This guy is a little tuckered out from training with Brian Kendrick earlier today. He is a pro wrestler, and we call him the encyclopedia of professional wrestling. Yeah! Get excited, live crowd! It's George Ramosa.
2: Hello, I am George Ramosa, and and on Wednesdays, we wear pink. Uh, I mean,
1: that's salmon color but to be debatable uh, I feel like it would be weird if I asked everyone out there what they're wearing but I do want to remind you that we are live right here on the 83 Weeks YouTube channel you guys can join in the conversation I see you all there hanging out already if you want to tell us what you think a WCW WWE pay-per-view would look like please let us know your thoughts and while you're at it poking around hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the cool clips from the show right here on the 83 Weeks channel and on That note, we're gonna jump right into this one. You know what? Let's just kick it off since I've teased it so much. Teasy tease, (laughs) because I'm such a tease. Uh, Let's talk about this idea that Eric brought up that uh, between a joint WCW and WWE pay per view, he was asked by one of the fans, was it ever considered? Would it ever have happened? Would it have worked? And Eric was interested in it, but he said, you know, really somewhere between 94 and 96 would have been the time to do this. What do you guys think that would have looked like in 1995?
2: I mean it just depends because obviously when you have 1995 um, just realistically you would have had champion versus champions. It would have been Big Daddy Cool Diesel up against Hulk Hogan. Ooh. No thanks. Oh, I, not, not interested. But then you had the United States Championship which was kind of going back and forth with like Sting and whatnot. And on the other side you had like Shawn Michaels. Yes please. Yeah. I'd like to see a Shawn Michaels versus Sting. Obviously, we're probably never going to see it, but, man, like in 95, oh, my God, that would have been amazing.
0: Yeah, that's um, on the main event. Like, if you're telling me that Diesel versus Hulk Hogan would be the main event of such an event, of such a pay-per-view, at the time, that would have been really cool looking back on it. Meh. Because, <laughs> because, and, and that's us looking back on it, because we like, oh, we oh, we, we've seen that. Right. Kevin Nash has worked with Hulk Hogan many a time. But we're talking an alternate reality where maybe that doesn't happen. What I found fascinating was the idea that he was—he even remotely thought he would do such a co-promotion, or yeah. the WWF would have done a co-promotion with him because they didn't do, do co-promotions his, at that time.
1: Like looking back through rose-colored glasses now that everything's cool with him and Vince, as we also learned on this
0: episode. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is him having like having rose colored glasses about working there. But I also think he was like, yeah, sure. Hypotheticals. He hates hypotheticals. <laughs> so truthful. the second he hates <laughs> hypotheticals, I think he allows himself the ability to go off on crazy tangents and get um get headlines like he's gotten this week of, oh Eric Bischoff would have done a co-promotion. And I'm like, would right. he though?
2: It's just it's just crazy to think about like if that were if that was even in consideration of happening, like whoever reached out first is totally like you're going to get jobbed out. Because mm-hmm. it sounds like when you reach out for it, imagine if Bishop reached out to Vince. Yeah. Vince is going to be like, oh, wow, he needs me to do it. Yeah, let's do it, but, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'll agree to it, but. And just, I mean. Looking back, it would have been awesome because we always saw those pro wrestling illustrated magazines. They always had that maybe once a year a WWF versus WCW. Mm-hmm. And it was always Bret Hart versus Sting. And it was always, you know, Hogan versus Flair. It obviously, maybe like the early 90s. But I mean, it was always fun to like just hypothetical, even at the time. It was always fun to think about, fun to even consider.
0: Happening. Like, it's very fun to consider Arn Anderson versus The Undertaker. Ooh. I'm, I have both 95, January 95 rosters pulled up. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage was in WCW in 95. Let's. Macho Man, like, Bam Bam w- Bigelow.
2: I would have liked in like just for the sake of like a visual, like I would have liked The Undertaker versus at the time the Giant, because mm. the Giant was a totally different wrestler in WCW. He was more agile, he was slimmer. He mm-hmm. could he can do a drop kick, and for that, like I'd like to see him versus Big Daddy Cool D's or him against The Undertaker
1: and we got a bunch of fans hanging out in the chat JN and Finn and DP DP said your mics look like bumblebees they do, they do DP this is an AfterBuzz TV production on the 83 Weeks channel and we do usually have Eric calling in and answering your questions but since he was a little busy with the Smackdown premiere this week and since you guys got to give, get your questions to him anyway through this episode of 83 Weeks we don't have him this evening but we will in the future and people are always curious about Eric's relationship with Vince McMahon what was it like back then what is it <laughs> Like now, and we did get some juicy, <coughs> juicy tidbits about what their relationship has evolved into now in 2019 with Eric working on SmackDown. He said that he works closely with Vince now, which was kind of a surprise. You know, uh, Vince is, when you're there, he's still an elusive character, you don't see him around much, and I always wonder. Like, it always sounds to everyone like he pretty much only talks to one or two people, <laughs> you know, that kind of relay all the messages. But according to Eric, he and Vince are working closely together now. And he even went so far as to call Vince a genius. What do you make of that, boys?
2: I, and Watching the WWE Network, they have a lot of those, like, chronicle shows or behind-the-scenes shows. A lot of those kind of, like, in-depth where you don't really see that uh, on Raw or SmackDown. And every now and then you see a glimpse of, like, Vince... Not being Mr. McMahon, you'll see him Vince being Vince, and Vince actually being in a position where, all right, at this point, you turn your to your right because the camera's going to be right there. Like you see glimpses of that, and I love that because, like, I just want to get more of just how genius that everybody says he is. Like you see that happening, like right in front of you. Like I I believe it. I believe Eric when he says that because there's a lot of things that we don't see as a fan that I'm sure they all see up close.
0: I think if we give in given Eric's history, both with WCW, but then also producing TV outside of WCW. Like, I think part of the reason he's in on this Fox deal is he has an extensive history and contacts just selling television and developing television and producing television. So for him to... For Eric Bischoff to say, I'm working on television week to week with Vince McMahon, and I think he's a genius. And, like, even he's cautious about what I mean by genius and this and that, like... I think there's some merit to it. I also think there's some merit to Vince McMahon being at the helm of a brand that has weathered so much. Mm -hmm. Like, weathered more than any other wrestling brand could have ever possibly imagined to weather. That there there must be something there. There must be something there that is otherworldly, and that's normally when we start getting into genius or guru or magic. Yeah. And, like, that's where those words become, where it's like, I don't—he just—it clicks for him, and he gets it, like— There's a theory of uh, genius relativity. People who don't mess with YouTube at all call me a genius because they don't mess with YouTube at all. But it makes a lot like it means a lot more coming from Eric. All
1: right. Well, I was just going to say until Eric calls you a genius, Steve, we don't (laughs) want to hear about it on this show. (laughs) No, I I digress. Uh, Steve is a YouTube genius and makes all of this happen for us. (laughs) love that you guys are still (sighs) chatting there in the live chat so tell us live chatters what you think about this does Ted Turner belong in the WWE Hall of Fame he of course probably would be reluctant to do an appearance now because of his health issues but do you guys think that would be appropriate like if you heard that news you know come March or whatever it is when it all starts spill it out Ted Turner inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame what would be your reaction
2: I think he's always been a, a worthy of a Hall of Fame induction. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they would ever have give them like the platform to speak, right? Um, but now that they have that legacy wing of where you can just induct like eight people at a time, mm-hmm. um, most of them I think that they've all passed away though. Have uh, they ever inducted a legacy person that's still alive? I think alive? they've
0: inducted a lot enough legacy people in the last like three years that I'm sure they've done that at least once yeah. where somebody was just alive.
2: No, but like, but I, I don't know who it is. I, I want to say everybody's passed away. So I think it's something where maybe they're going to wait until the parents are going to worry um, just for the sake of, like, because, you know, if they do it now, they're going to be like, well, why don't they just have him give him a speech?
0: Right. Oh, if you he's know? a lot, like if he's with us, we should absolutely we're expecting him to speak. But if he doesn't speak, that's the conundrum that we're in. Mm-hmm. I completely think he's worth, uh, especially if we there are other network executives. I want to say the NBC Bob. Ever- is it Dick Ebersall or Bob Ebersall? The, the NBC executive that brought Dick Saturday oh, from that the book, brought Saturday Saturday's yeah. main event. Either he was floated multiple years to be in the Hall of Fame or he is in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So it's not like TV executives don't belong or aren't already in the WWE Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So by that stretch, Ted Turner, absolutely.
1: I wonder what that would mean to Ted. Obviously, he was a huge proponent of professional wrestling because he made WCW happen on his network. But... Would that would a WWE Hall of Fame induction now be meaningful to him? Would it be a reminder that he didn't make WCW work? I mean, he's had so many accomplishments, and he probably has so dang much money. And I, does he really I,
2: care? I disagree with a tiny bit of what you said. I think he did make WCW work. If anything, WCW stopped working when he lost control of it. Because that was something that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, once okay, the no, Iowa, Iowa Time Warner thing came out. We we heard Eric say it a bunch of times, you know, when Ted Turner lost control, he was he wasn't he didn't really have a say. That's true. You know, because he was a strong proponent since back in the early eighties of having wrestling on, on his networks and to the point where I I maybe you would know, like I don't know how involved he is today with any of his networks, but we have wrestling on T N T once again, and it all kinda of stand with having that history that Ted Turner brought into the Turner
0: networks. Yeah. and um, he's not wildly involved yeah. in any of the networks that shockingly enough bear his name. But I, if I were writing his Hall of Fame speech, which if the, all this goes down, I'm available. Um, He's just saying. I think I would po- I would have him point out that this is amazing and an incredible honor, however very bittersweet. Right. That I was trying to build up a wrestling industry. That Ted Turner was trying to build up a wrestling industry, a healthy wrestling industry. And here I am with the highest honor you can receive in the wrestling industry, mm-hmm. which is the Hall of Fame from one company. Right. The company I tried to go head to head with. like.
1: Well, Born. That that
0: needs a polish.
1: Born (laughs) distracted in the chat said, I wonder if Ted will buy AEW. Oh, that that's one way to give himself another shot at it, I guess. Although I don't think the Khan family is <laughs> interested in getting rid of it anytime soon. Seems like a valuable commodity. And while we are ta- while the chat roll is talking about it anyway, they're probably at home watching it right now. Let's talk about the fact that Eric Bischoff himself, the guy who is responsible for getting SmackDown down on too far or now for making it happen. Yes. Not, <laughs> not for making it happen in the first place, but he is sitting at home on his probably very valuable Valuable little bit of free time watching last week's AEW premiere. Not once, but
0: twice. Twice. What do you guys make of that? That's huge.
2: I think that's interesting. When he said twice, I yeah. So reliable. he said
0: twice here. Now, if I were if I were Eric, I would make it an internal directive for any creative person, any production person, anyone integral to my operation. Mm-hmm. Have a look at what AEW is doing.
1: (sighs) Most of the people that work there aren't even watching Raw SmackDown. Good luck
0: with that. But like, but at the very (laughs) least, I would say that as the idea of and not watch them. But would you tell
1: the world that you did that and you want the rest of your staff to do it?
0: I mean, yeah. I don't think, and I don't think he's saying he's going to watch every week. I think he's saying he watched the one premiere to kind of see what they're about, (laughs) what they're presenting, how they're presenting it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That I don't. I don't think that's weird that he said he watched it. He watched it twice. He's having a look. Like, maybe there's productions. Like, there's always... And, like, if he's... The, as the producer of SmackDown, there's only one other show like SmackDown, and that's Raw, mm-hmm. until AEW came along. And that's the only show not produced by the WWE. So he'd be a... He'd be a fool to not at least, at the very least, like check it out production wise. Mm-hmm. What do the graphics look like? What oh are, yeah, of course. Are they doing the same camera he, stuff? And Eric Bischoff,
1: we know that's what he does. He does his research, but to tell everybody that that he watched it twice, I think that's I'm smart. Well, at that the he same time it.
0: though, at the same time, he didn't really
2: say like, "Oh my god, I enjoyed this," to Cody versus this was my favorite match. Like, he like, did You know what I mean? Like, I think I'm there was some <laughs> there was, that, was some stuff that he was like, "I'm not gonna say if I liked it or disliked it," but I think like a lot of us, we were just all curious and so, like, "Yo, there's this is new promotion that has." billion dollars behind it. It's on a major network. Let me see what it's like.
1: But he did kind of take the easiest Mm -hmm. safest way out of it after that by putting the crowd over Mm -hmm. over anything else that had anything to do with the show or the production value or anything like that. Because I mean honestly. There it is. There he is. There's Eric Bischoff. I think
2: I don't think he's watching AEW to say like Oh, my God, what what should I do now? Well, no, like, dude, you're on Fox on SmackDown. You don't need to do anything. Like, you need to focus on your own stuff, which he did, mm-hmm. because that SmackDown set was freaking beautiful, and you can tell there was nothing AEW about that SmackDown set. Right,
0: of course not. But, it, but what I'm saying, just from a pure production standpoint, let's say AEW had a shot that was made because they put a drone on one turnbuckle, and then it panned all the way out. It so freaking cool. I would need to, if I were producing a wrestling show in America... And I would need to see a company do that.
1: Right?
0: How did they do that? What did it look like? Do you think it was cheaper or more expensive than what I'm doing? Like, I think I think a lot of the things he was looking for on that show were very innocuous. Yeah, were very much just like, two cranes They do two cranes? things
1: that the fans necessarily care about.
0: Not at all. Like, and um, but he, I obviously he's a wrestling fan. He would be watching the wrestling too. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot to see, and I think maybe that's why he watched it twice. I think once was just a matter of like, well, what are what are the color scales? Who are the characters? Look like yeah. where's where do they keep commentary? How does that how did that feel like? And then the next time it's like, well, what's the overall product?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I just found that very very interesting, and I'm wondering if you guys have watched. The WWE Girls Gone <coughs> Wild DVD. Never. What is that? I I that was a shock to me. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that was a thing. Encyclopedia Professional Wrestling. I somehow feel that you have some details on this. Can you please tell the people about the WWE well, Girls it, Gone Wild DVD? It
2: wasn't produced by the WWE. It was just produced by a guy that was a general manager that in WWE because Eric Bischoff still had his thing going on back in two thousand and three. Um, or you can still produce some stuff. It was company? heavily promoted by the WWE. It was mentioned by multiple superstars in the WWE. Um, they always said like, "Oh, GGW. What's GGW?" Um, but it was just—it's uh, uh, still considered a, a non-WWE project, which was influenced by the WWE. The it wasn't a WWE project. Again, product. a
1: safe, weird way to get <laughs> out of something. What year ish are we talking? Two thousand
0: three. I'm reading up on announce 2003. You, kn- you
1: know an incredible lot about this for someone who supposedly has never seen it.
2: Before. <laughs> I did never. I didn't see it because you know, it was on pay per view. I'm not going to sit there and watch.
1: Um, oh, it was a tw- pay per view. Yeah, it was a pay per view. Oh, okay, that does make sense now.
0: That he sold a pay per view. Um, looks like Don Marie. Don Marie flashed a crowd at a SmackDown to promote this. Wow. So like WWE was very heavily involved in the cross promotion, right? But it was very much an Eric Bischoff joint. Which because once again, if it were a huge success, because who knows what is and isn't mainstream success mm-hmm. in the time of pushing an envelope in 2003 like I don't know, maybe people will just get over boobs maybe <laughs> like who like
1: well, you could think about that those boobs now are probably like in their 40s mm. <laughs> <laughs> And they will be thinking about it.
0: <laughs> well, they are now.
1: <laughs> they are now. Maybe, you know, I just got into your head a little bit there. Or maybe someone's been getting in your ear. Like how all the guys were getting in Goldberg's ear, according to Eric. This was really interesting. A really good question from one of the fans. And Eric kind of said, you know, I think some of the guys' motives was really to just mess with Goldberg. To entertain themselves. Guys like Scott Hall. And then I think there were some that were really trying to help him. You disagree,
2: No, it just (laughs) because he was so new. People are usually that are new in the business and you kind of, and especially with the way we ran, it's like, it's very easily to influence somebody where, like, even, you know, even I I, I met this guy that uh, was started, was about to train with, or two guys that that were about to train in pro wrestling. And like, they're asking me a guy that still thinks I'm very inexperienced, but they look at me as if like, oh my God, do you have any advice for me? And I'm like, yeah, just be patient. You know, I tell them, like, just be patient. Blah, blah, you'll get it, you know? But it's like, I could have told them anything I wanted. So just well, kind yeah, of knowing...
1: I mean, you've had like three shows.
2: Yeah, but... That's like, <laughs> no, but, no, but I'm just kidding. But,
1: George is fantastic. He has grown very much, and we love to go watch but him. But
2: knowing, knowing that they have the power to say whatever it is that they want. Some mm-hmm. use it for good, some use it for bad. That's a good idea. I example. think with the way, you know, things were ran in WCW, there were so many agendas that... You know, some of them just kinda of used it to, to benefit themselves. How can I get myself over by by giving this guy some advice?
0: I like the analogy that Goldberg was put in a pilot seat of a and has never been trained as a pilot. And then the co-pilot is giving him a bunch of random stuff that he doesn't know. That the advice the advice of the co pilot is I don't like, I don't know, man, maybe you should try this. Yeah. then I think that's what we're up to that's what we're up to with the uh, Goldberg stuff. Also I think there's a certain resentment to Goldberg for coming in the way he did and for getting over and moving past the, through the roster as soon as he did
1: mm-hmm.
0: that if I were him I wouldn't have trusted anyone. Right. But like he also Goldberg admittedly didn't grow up watching wrestling. Like I at least, <clears throat> I at least if I were Goldberg I would have had the ability to have seen wrestling my whole life to know what I think it is and isn't and what my character should have been but he didn't have that so he just had to listen to everybody else until they steered him wrong and then he didn't know who to listen to and It's probably a bad way to be. I have some empathy for Goldberg here.
1: Yeah, and we are glad that all you diehard 83 Weeks fans out there are listening to us because this is the show that is just for you, and we appreciate that you all have come together to talk about it. We want your opinions. That's what this is for. So maybe that, instead of, you know, calling people's names. Just (laughs) just saying. Uh, And while we're, you know, calling people names... Eric was finally sort of taken to task about Terry Taylor on this episode. I've I've been ready for this just because he has continued to um, describe Terry in a not exactly flattering way, shall we say, (laughs) over the last several weeks as he's working at the same place as Terry. And I kept thinking, like, aren't these guys going to run into each other? Like, is Eric going to have to answer to Terry for what he's been saying? Like, does Terry care? Does he know? Well, we may never know, because according to Eric, he barely knew that Terry even still worked there. And Eric, surprisingly, has not even been to the PC yet, which for somebody who does a lot of research, I know, obviously, NXT isn't any part of... What he has to do with, but I'm just surprised. I'm sure he's planning on making it there sometime soon.
0: I will point out you you would know better than I, but it was in a press release when they built the PC that everything that happens at every ring gets broadcast to Stanford. Yes, true. So he's seen the PC. Like, good point. Eric yes. has seen the PC. Maybe that's why he doesn't feel, or the people who make a schedule don't feel he's had to go yet. Mm-hmm. And I think the fox the fox debut has probably been priority number one since he got there. Right. That like come down to the PC and look at look at look at who's on the up is probably not a priority for him. Nor do we know the details exactly of his job to know that if he would ever come down to the PC and scout talent, if mm-hmm. you will. But I.
1: Well, if he runs into Terry Taylor down there, he'll be a little better off now than he would have been before because he did have some nice things to say. He said Terry had some of the best ideas I've ever heard uh, in regards to like psychology and things like that, but also sometimes acted less than professionally and had a big mouth. Terry Taylor is the first guy to tell you that like he's reformed and he wasn't like an A plus quality person back in the day. Um, I don't think he would deny that by any means, but yes, as far as psychology and stuff goes, (sighs) as someone who sat at NXT show after NXT show after NXT show with the coaches in her ear with the IFB on, I I don't know that anyone is as good at... um, Making the crowd do what they should do <laughs> from behind the scenes. I mean, it just really is incredible. So it was great to hear Eric kind of putting Terry over for that. I've heard,
2: I've heard some things about Terry Taylor as well, where it's just like that's you know you you, you say something. Oh, is this true about Taylor? Ah, uh, typical Terry. Yeah, you that's know, just Terry Taylor. Like, I mean, he's great, but. You know, oh, he's got these things, but, like, you know, just Terry. Nothing, like, malicious or nothing, like, you know, too bad. Like, you know, you've, we've heard stories about people, other trainers in NXT, um, nothing like that. But you just hear, like, oh, that's Terry. Oh, that's just Terry being Terry, like. You would know. I mean, like I yeah. said. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, I
1: know, I know exactly.
2: <laughs> you weren't you were my source, uh, but yeah, I just, I, I just heard a lot I about Terry Taylor. your
1: source. Well, one thing that gets a lot of people all wound up every single time is Glacier. Okay, we can't get through an Ask Eric Anything episode without people wanting to know what the hell was up with Glacier, and he has said it a million times. They were trying to push video games. Why is everyone <sighs> still so mad about Glacier?
2: Because the amount of promotion that they put into that character, yeah. it was like months. Like months of video vignettes, months of introduction segments where it's like, wow, this guy's going to be like a huge... Who's this Glacier? Oh my God, what is it? Blood runs cold. And he comes out and it looks like exactly like Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat. I liked it. I'm I'm not saying I disliked it, but that's essentially what it was. All the hype, all the buildup for a
0: a Sub-Zero wannabe.
1: I thought you were going to say Schwarzenegger from the Batman movies.
0: No. No, they don't know. They copped Glacier.
1: Oh, okay, that <laughs> for was for Schwarzenegger from the
0: Batman. <laughs> Chicken um, before the egg. But the question was, did did he ever see Glacier as a world champion? And I think he answered it pretty honestly. Of like, I was trying to sell toys, man. Yeah, I was trying to make a like, I was trying to make a video game character. Maybe Capcom would pay me to put him in Marvel versus Capcom. Like, I didn't, I didn't have long sights on the Glacier character. I was very much like, I could sell some toys with this guy.
2: I'm happy you said that because, like, that just that's a big part of pro wrestling that I think just doesn't go noticed. Where not everybody's going to be a world champion. We've had 51 world champions or 50 or 51 world champions in WWE. How many wrestlers have gone by through that company in the last 50 years? Like, thousands. Like, not everybody's going to be a world champion. Sometimes you just use a guy just because you know that they're going to be a good merch seller. Mm -hmm. It's that simple.
0: But I also think when you build an idea, you when you're building a brand new character, whether it's Glacier or Hulk Hogan. You should in your mind see them being world champion someday. I
2: Absolutely. think is what the
0: questioner was asking. Is, I disagree. You disagree? So yeah. you think Kofi Kingston, never in a million years, don't even bother. This is who Kofi Kingston is. He'll never be world champion.
2: No, but I can tell that about Xavier Woods.
0: Really? Yeah. I see Xavier Woods. Well, I could actually this is time stamped now. I think Xavier Woods is young enough and ha- speaks to his audience directly enough that he could be a world champion in the next fifteen years. Oh, well, everybody. In years, I mean, he'll be a YouTuber Yeah, technically, like everybody, everybody else. could be. No, but that's what I'm but saying. Like, like he's the, not.
2: Like sometimes you just gotta have some of these guys that just kind of fill out the roster for merch purposes, for video game purposes, for toys. Like no, like you just can't. Like it's no, impossible. But
0: no, but you're saying you're saying the roles that they slot. I'm saying when you're developing the character, that's different. When you're developing the character from page one, if you can't see them as world champion, you should. You should tear up that page and start over no because yeah. I mean
2: we saw Eric exactly do that with Glacier so what he was wrong like no let well, the guy they, be the, he, every, he was exactly what I Eric's mean did you love was. Glacier
0: I liked him no but what I'm saying is let's say that character after all the promotion actually got over and then he wound up in a video game
1: then he needs to become world champion. So well, he, he needs to, from world, the beginning, yeah, like he, to be able to be seen. That's as what a I'm champion. saying. On page
0: one, yeah. that wasn't on page one. If you're ruling, you're looking at him. You're looking at the character. You're looking at okay. He's glacier. He's blue. He's kind of like Sub Zero. Yeah. We got this. We got this big bad dude who knows how to work to play him. This is the character that we're building. I see him as world champion in five well, years, no, my three years. Is, my,
2: my point is, even if Eric didn't think that, that doesn't mean he was wrong.
0: I disagree. if he was on page one of Glacier and did not see the crazy fever dream, because that's what it all looks like later down the line. If you're but if a promoter,
2: you if you're a promoter, you start your own wrestling company, you hire forty guys, you're gonna say at some point you want every guy to be a world champion. No, I'm no, saying No, but when they I, have
0: to be able to be seen as one. If like if I'm there developing, has to be that possibility. Yeah. You think
2: Marco Stunt can be a world champion? Oh god,
0: I hope not. I don't I don't either, <laughs> but I do th- I think if you were if I were writing the character of Marco Stunt you're he, going to
2: book him, like, as if he, he has would, a chance to be a no, world champion.
0: No, ta- but you're talking booking. That's the role. I'm talking the character. On page one, the character needs to be believable as a world champion. Yeah. That's all I mean. You slot them in whatever role you need. Like, Xavier Woods is not in a world champion, future world champion role. Xavier Woods, from page one, as a wrestler, as a performer, as an athlete, it would make sense to me if, given the proper storytelling that Xavier Woods becomes world champion.
2: You know, you have the perfect chance to say Xavier, or to ask him personally, is it Xavier or X-Xavier? You guys were at the same show.
0: I know. I don't <laughs> bother people with shows.
1: <laughs> All right. Speaking of other shows, let's talk about what other wrestling podcasts tell fake stories. <laughs> because Aaron made this kind of like cute little offhand comment about, well, you're going to listen to fake stories on one of the other shows. You guys, I know, consume a ton of wrestling podcasts. Steve, you're involved in most of them. Which ones tell fake stories?
0: Uh, Russo, of course. Well, and and by fake, I mean Russo is by all, by some accounts is misremembering, literally from the way he retold it from his book to how he told you the story yesterday. Like the story <laughs> cha- like the story changes, and he's like, "Bro, don't this is what how it happened, bro." So like, I think I think I'm safe in saying Russo tells false stories mm-hmm. that you could claim are fake. He thinks he remembers them that way. False memories are a thing. Um who do you who do you know? George? I was going to
2: say just going off like the Meltzer podcast cuz I know he's got a podcast every day
0: or every other day. Yeah, like the Wrestling Observer Live. Yeah. That
1: Oh yeah, that must be about 96% garbage.
0: Ah. Uh, well, sometimes sometimes he says something about uh, Peyton Royce and we all get to hear it. <laughs> cuz that's what that was from. Um, that's not a fake story that was just a criticism I don't know like Dave Meltzer is a bit more um I was about to say advance, that's not it, but like, the way the way Dave Meltzer reports, you can't just call him out, like, oh, that's completely fake so much, it's like, right. you're not naming your source. Well, it's not that, it's
2: just like, for example, you look at Cedric Alexander, like, and you, there's the audio of it, he's like, oh, Cedric, uh, Vince must hate him, Vince hates him, like, it turns into, like, my opinion is, Vince doesn't like Cedric Alexander, um, that's why he gets booked the way he does, that's why he loses his Because I think I and know then, a man who I've probably then, never met. But no, that's what he thinks, Outcomes. Oh, well, Vince is clearly bearing Cedric Alexander. Yeah. Like, Which, that, that's what actually comes out of his mouth, as opposed to what he actually thinks.
0: I don't, I don't know if this is too much of a left turn, but George, you and I were just praising Sean Ross Sapp today for not doing that. Sean Another Ross Sapp, wrestling
1: journalist. Sha- yes, yeah. thank
0: you. Sean Ross Sapp will always report it as, the source told me, mm-hmm. I'm inferring. He, you're allowed to editorialize. You just have to make your editorializations clear.
1: Yeah, it's not hard. Take a journalism <laughs> class. <laughs> <laughs> If me and all the people I went to college with can do it, trust me, you can too. Uh, mm. uh, Greg Ganya. This is a guy who I knew, George, that you could shed a little more light on. Apparently, he likes to run his mouth a little bit. That's and he funny. has some ideas about what happened in the past.
2: I saw Greg Gonya like three days ago, four days ago. Where at? At, at, at the... At, uh, right, at after, right after SmackDown. After SmackDown. So was he there? Um, he was, I didn't see him at SmackDown. Do you know who he, do you know who he was? When you saw him, not by face, we we saw we saw. He was right behind. He was mostly talking to Ric Flair. Um, Okay, but it was funny. I was like, oh no, yeah,
0: I talked to. I remember,
2: I remember I was like, oh my god, Bischoff's right over there. Like, are they going to interact? Are they going to whatever? (laughs) You know. So I just thought it was funny, like, because I was like, why is Greg Gagne here? Like, that went went on through my mind. Like, he doesn't work for the company. At least I don't think he does. Why is he here in Los Angeles? But I guess he just wanted to be a part of the show or whatever. But I've heard things about like him wanting to be. Inclusive of everything, and uh, he had a job with WWE not too long ago, but mm-hmm. they kind of—I heard they released him because he was just too like not with the current stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, it's too the at the, the time of two thousand seven. Are you going
1: like, to tell us if he and Eric interacted or not?
2: They did not. They
0: didn't.
1: Okay. I at was least also not, I least, that, at not that, in front that you of saw. I,
0: Not that I saw. Not yeah. that you saw. I was also at that bar. If there was a blow up I would have remembered. Right. <laughs>
1: Well, Eric didn't really make it sound like it would be blow-up status, but just more so that it doesn't matter what this guy says because everyone knows that what he's saying is junk. A little bit. Is that kind like, of his reputation?
0: It's we, one of those things no. that if you if you say as much, I don't want to say wrong, but like if you claim so much, people won't believe you even if you're telling the truth. Right. Like One of those things might have been factual, but to say, oh man, it was my idea to bring in Hulk Hogan, it was my idea to do the NWO, it was my idea for the Nitro Girls, it was my idea to run on Monday nights. <sighs> Two of those are false, I think, but like if you keep saying that instead of oh, "I also had that idea," people won't take you seriously.
1: Yeah,
0: even even if it was true, because I, I, you would imagine one of those things he was heavily involved in and it was probably his idea. Mm-hmm. Also, in create in creative, we hear from Eric a lot. It's not about <laughs> nobody stole your idea. Right, we all worked on an idea
1: collaborative efforts and since you guys brought up smackdown let's bring this full circle and uh, get back to eric's relationship with vince and maybe how he used to call and leave him braggy voicemails which i found just to be hilarious
2: i am so disappointed in conrad thompson for what how is not the follow-up question how did you get vince's phone number that's what oh, I wanted no. to know.
1: Oh, I didn't think about that, but I mean, obviously, that would be an easy get for him. For anyway.
2: maybe, but I, guess, I just want to know who, how to get it? Like, not like they worked together in the past. Like, how did you get it? Is but just, like, do you but, think,
0: do you think the executive producer of The Masked Singer on Fox wouldn't be able to get Mark Burnett's phone number? The yeah. executive producer But Tell like, me I,
2: how. But it's, maybe, I, my guess is just back in the day, which was what ninety six. Somebody who left the
1: company gave it to him. Just
2: maybe, just calling the headquarters. But, like, I wanted something more, like, more elaborate than just, like, oh, yeah, I used to call his voicemail all the time. Like, no. <laughs>
1: you want the nitty-gritty, yeah. dirty details like, on these you call, sassy did you, voicemails. Did you
2: call the office and you just, you know, like, oh, yeah. can I get buzz into Vince's have, office? It's, have I'm Vince and
0: you... Oh, my God. It's Eric uh, Oh, my God. And I'll go, send him the voicemail. Like, but you have, you, but <laughs> have Vince and you spoken before? You're right. There is a bit... I don't know if it's quite a follow-up. but Like, I... It's... I've called that. I've called that head. I've called that headquarters before. You can probably make your way through way further in that phone tree than you oh think. Oh my
1: god, it'd be so fun to try, <laughs>
2: especially back then in '96.
1: Oh, wow. 97. I can't it- tell you how much pranking WWE would just entertain the living daylights out of me. We should do that sometime.
0: Well, you you yourself mentioned at the performance center that was it once a week or once a day people would just turn off. Oh,
1: all the, oh, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, literally, at, people would literally turn up
0: to the door thinking, like, can I Can I come in?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's kind of a widely accepted thing. People think that you can just go, that you can pay to go there, that you can just walk in, or that, like, if you'll dedicate yourself, they'll just take you. Like, mm-hmm. that's not an uncommon <laughs> uh, misconception, <laughs> but yeah, that is true. Well,
2: at least back then in 90s, I'm sure because the ladder wasn't as high as it was, yeah. like, maybe it was easy, easier to get to Vince's office, where, like, you call now, it's like, they just move into a new building because they need a bigger space, like... You got to go through a bunch of like steps to get to it.
1: Right. Well, we do know that when Vince brought Eric back, back in the day, that was what, 2002? July 15,
2: 2002.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about this a little bit different phone call than Eric's braggy voicemails when Vince calls him and asks him to be talent, be the GM for Raw. So this is a long time ago, of course, but I think says a lot about their evolving relationship. Vince called him and said, hey dude, I he probably didn't say hey dude, (laughs) dude. Uh, but if (laughs) if I would have been the one to lose, I would hope that you would have given me an opportunity to get back in the business, and that's what I'm going to do for you. Are we surprised that Eric didn't find that arrogant, that he found that kind?
0: I think that was kind, though. Like, I think that that was a pure enough gesture that it was just kind. Mm-hmm. And, like, for all that can be said about Vince and for all that has, has been said about Vince, hearing that on the phone from him, and maybe... Maybe in his Because maybe in his mind, he absolutely knows he needs Eric Bischoff on Raw in 2002. Mm-hmm. But Eric doesn't know that. Eric is hearing something very genuine. That It's not a shock to me at all that he was just like, "Oh, that's very kind. Interesting. And Eric conveniently does not live in the past to be able to tell us whether or not he <laughs> would have been able to extend the same courtesy to Vince. Uh, yeah, he couldn't even take himself to that place. It's really difficult Epathetic to get to that point. Well, because Vince has been on top having beaten WCW for longer than WCW was in business right. at this point now, yeah. that it's impossible to truly conceptualize what WWF losing would have even looked like. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we know that Eric loved all the embarrassing crap that Vince made him do back in the day. And <laughs> that one thing I think that people say about Vince more than anything is that he won't ask someone to do something that he wouldn't do himself. Like Eric even said, look what this man has put his family through (laughs) on television, you know, and they're all game for it. Like, that's how it works, of course. But that's what everybody always says about him, and you have to respect that.
2: Yeah, it, I I thought about the embarrassing stuff and everybody was always saying like, oh, I don't want to be booked that way. I don't want to, you know. But honestly, like, that looks like fun. Like, because you know you're going to get a reaction from that. Like, sometimes, you know, we, we all seen like maybe certain matches go out there and people start training boring or people just aren't paying attention. Like, that I'm sure is going to kill somebody's self-esteem or somebody's ego. But to go out there, do some of the embarrassing stuff and hear them react to mm-hmm. that, it's like, I'm sure that's a blast. I'm sure Eric loved it.
1: And let me tell you, when you're not a wrestler but you are out there with the live crowd and you see what that feels like, you want to be a part of it so bad. Like, I can't tell you how much. I just always, always wanted somebody to, like, try to hit me with a chair, which did finally happen one time on the indies, not in WWE, (laughs) but, like, to be part of the action, like, that old school way that, like, Lillian got involved back in the day or someone like that. Like, Michael Cole became a wrestler for a while. That looks, like, freaking fun to people Mm -hmm. who can't get in the ring and do the wrestling, George.
0: Or even the moment when... Because there's, there's the moment in every referee's career when a wrestler, like a big, bad wrestler, gets in their face. Yeah. And they push back. Yeah. Um, it's happened kind of recent There was too much wrestling last week for me to dissect it. But it, it, that had happened last week. Mm-hmm. Where someone got in a referee's face and the referee like literally pushed them back. Like, I'm a referee. You're going to adhere to what I say and do.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, like similar guy, stuff. He's out there in the ring with the wrestlers night after night and doesn't get to get involved in the action. It's not about getting the accolades <sighs> either. It's just like a little bit of FOMO, I think, when you literally have to sit in a chair at ringside and ring the bell while everybody else is in there having all the fun. Like, do, you know, do, it's, do, it's a little
0: sad. Christy, do we need Keep to... Keep cutting it? that promo. <laughs> Christy, do we, need to, do we need to call the hobo? Is that do we need, your is that the pipe bomb?
1: Are we going to get back in the ring?
0: Should we all get back in the ring?
1: <laughs> One uh, of us is
0: actually doing it.
1: Probably. <laughs> Probably a no. Probably a no. But this has been fun, as always. Guys, is there anything you want to add about this episode of 83 Weeks?
2: I mean, I, I was expecting maybe a little bit juicier stuff. I know some of the stuff, um, like, for example, they asked, like, oh, what did you think of that one uh, person in WCW? And, like, and I would be like, oh, that's more of a Shivani thing. Like, but." Mm. Uh, Bill, Klondike Bill, or some mm-hmm. other girl. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I was a little disappointed at some of the questions that the fans asked this week. Oh. Um, so maybe, hopefully, for the next Ask Eric anything, maybe it's a lot more juicier stuff. Because there was some good content here, but I feel like with the previous ones, there was even more content.
1: Well, uh, for the purposes of not insulting the people who probably watch this show, as in the fans of 83 Weeks, I would like to point out that, you know, it was at Conrad's disposal, kind of which ones he yeah. wanted to dispose of and That's which true. ones he wanted to use.
0: I'll him so. that. Uh, Jada Finn in the chat, I wanted to know the actual. Figure Eric would pay for the ninja, the toy Ninja Stars.
1: Ooh, that's a good one. The Ninja one. Star Wars, as he's
0: calling them. Uh, Jada Finn, you need to let us know in the chat right now. We have about two minutes. Do you have access to <laughs> Ninja Star Wars figures? That Did, you need to know how much he'd ask.
1: Didn't you say you had one, one point no. or something? You know no. all the wrestling memorabilia and stuff that you guys have probably bought over the years, and neither one of you has that in the back of your closet.
2: No, I have Silverhawks of action figures. Silverhawks, Thunderhawks, probably Thunderhawks. Thunderhawks, or was the other one Thundercats? There was Thundercats and Silverhawks. Those are the those action figures that I had, (laughs) and and wrestling, of course.
1: All right. Well, next lifetime, you know what to buy, gentlemen. Since the chat roll is getting sassy just now, while we're about to uh, roll out, tell everybody where to keep up with you at.
0: Uh, You guys can find me on Twitter almost exclusively. I am at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. I'm involved in a lot of things. If I tweet the link, chances are I'm involved, including Match Monday every Monday, 10 a.m. Pacific me and a guest, we'll watch from Pro Wrestling and you'll get to watch with us. Yay, I was on this week, it was really
2: you fun. You on this week, it was so fun. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought you <laughs> we were on Yeah, We were watching Caitlin, Nikki Bella from NXT, etc. Et uh, but you can follow me at Ghermoza, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A. I'm here a couple times a week on Monday nights covering the Raw and Espanol for all the Latin audience out there, even the Long yeah. that one. Feel free to watch. Um, I'm here every week, so thank you so much for watching. Uh, wrestling Pro Wrestling, uh, we'll let you know when the next show is. August, no, August. October 26 in Burbank, California.
1: And next week right here on this show, we will be talking Halloween Havoc 1996. That's going to be good. Everybody getting their costumes together. Maybe we should dress up. No? All right. Not happening. But either way, you guys should tune in. We are live every Wednesday night at 5 p.m. Pacific time right here on the 83 Weeks channel. You can always hit me up at Christy Reports. I hope you do. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching.